the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The news is not that DeSantis is running or not running. The news is that what we have been the victim of, propaganda, posing as media, is dead. It's all dead. Nobody cares what's on mainstream media. This is the most exciting part about it. I still feel the election in this country is rigged. The government itself is tampering with election results. And you know who else feels like that? Seven out of ten Americans. All of us. We all know that the government is corrupt. Everybody knows it. 30% say it isn't. That's because the government employs at least 30% of us. At least. Those are the ones. They don't really think the government isn't corrupt. They're protecting their asses like a Chicago Democrat. Kisses the ass of an alderman to get his pension. That's all that is. It's obvious what's going on. That's the beauty of the dark ages because America is in its dark ages never before has this country been under such a fascistic corrupt government in the history of this country never and everybody feels that here here's a way that they have to pump up support for this dimwit in diapers this fraud of a man this political whore for half a century who is embarrassing the nation and dare I say every American Just 40% of Democratic respondents say they'd vote for President Biden if the party's 2024 prime... That's not the story. It's not that 40% would vote for him. It's that 6 out of 10 people who are still dumb enough to call themselves Democrats. 6 out of 10 would not vote for this dimwit in diapers. That's the real story. And there's a reason for it. Because he's a fraud. He's a corrupt, wannabe oligarch political whore and that's all he is and he has his spokesmorons that are not doing him any favors as in fact the lies are so obvious people are even getting sick of affirmative action sideshow bob he said today that negotiations are hard and they take time did the president wait too long to engage with the republicans on the negotiations that he's in the middle of right now the president has been engaging or trying to engage with republicans for months now for months he put out his wrong it is wrong and it's sad and it's sickening because the republicans passed a bill a month ago on capitol hill now the republican-led house has passed a bill to raise our nation's debt ceiling but the democrat-led senate said it's uh, dead on arrival in their house the measure raises the debt ceiling by one and a half trillion dollars or until the end of 2024 so the bill that they passed raises the debt ceiling till the end of 2024 
That's not the objection of this corrupt mafia government. What the bill does, ironically enough, although increasing spending prior to the lame duck Democrats who jammed a $2 trillion bill down the American people's throat on their way out, that drunken, dimwit, inside trading whore Nancy Pelosi. What it does is cut that and remove that bill and more of the eco-Nazi green energy bill passed by this dimwit in diapers. The bill would also cut government spending by $4.5 trillion. This comes just a few months after the government hit its debt limit back. Do you know why, Squirrel, it's $4.5 trillion? Because that's what this imbecile has hoisted upon the backs of the American people since he stole the most important office on the planet. That's exactly what he's done. So they're trying to, at least economically, remove the ramifications of this fraud. In the meantime, he's got his own professional line staff and the entire mainstream media. Is that at all a signal that House Democrats doubt the president's ability to lead the country to a solution here? Well, that's an extreme um, analysis or, or uh, uh, final kind of uh, She's uh, stammering there. and she's I- stuttering because she was just read the poll. That only four out of ten people who still are dumb enough to call themselves Democrat support the American Democrat president. That's a staggering statistic. And there's a reason. Because these kids, these spoiled, entitled new generation of kids, they don't like this any more than we do. And they understand exactly what is happening. Well, I'm hopeful that we can have a deal, and I have confidence that Speaker McCarthy will get us the best deal. This is Congresswoman Malatakis. Possible. Remember, Democrats were in charge in December when they chose to add another $1.2 trillion in spending. Secretary Yellen 1. came 7. before my committee saying they knew very well that they were going to hit the debt limit, and yet they continued to spend that money, and they did not raise a debt limit. They knew very well also that Republicans were coming in in January. So if they didn't want to negotiate, they should have done it then on their own. Here we are now. We are getting um, some, some, I think, real fiscal responsibility for the American people. We cannot continue on the path that we're on $32 trillion and ticking 250000 per American taxpayer. Uh, we, we can't, look, we got to pay our bills, but we also need to set ourselves on a trajectory of fiscal responsibility here. And that's exactly what the House Republicans plan does. We passed it and the Senate has done nothing. They have not passed anything. So if they don't like our plan, they should do something. If it's a clean debt limit, then pass that. But so far we haven't seen anything from Senator Schumer. So we've been the only responsible adults in the room saying, let's pay our bills and let's move forward being fiscally responsible claw back that all very reasonable especially when you take into consideration just how many times this government has been shut down over arguments in this when you think that one president alone had eight times ronald reagan the greatest president with the most support of the people shut down the government eight times and won re-election by 49 states Here's a reminder. Why Democrats and Independents are voting for President Reagan. I'm a person that uh, for the individual that I feel is going to do the most for our nation. I'm a registered Democrat, and I've since decided after looking at the candidates that President Reagan is the better choice. I'm a registered Democrat, and I'm voting for Ronald Reagan because... I can see what he's done in the past four years. I like Ronald Reagan because I believe he's turned the nation around and he's got things back on track again. He's helped inflation, brought that down. He's 
brought the interest rates down where people can afford to borrow money. I believe Ronald Reagan has brought down the unemployment in this country and found a lot of jobs for people. Well, most of the people, when I go on jobs, they say they're Democrats, but they're voting for Reagan this year. I'm going to vote for President Reagan. I'm going to vote for... Success has results. So does failure. Joe Biden is a failure. He wears it like that doll hair sewn to his fracking head. Everyone knows that Democrats fail. They're only supported by the mafia and those who believe they're recipients of the corruption of the mafia, known as welfare roaches. But they are a minority. However, they are motivated. Congress birthing person Jayapal. You know Jayapal Squirrel. She's the one with that cockeye. No matter where you turn her head, it always looks north. You know, when you're talking to me, say, look at me, dummy, I'm talking to you. Congresswoman Jayapal. I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic, you know, caucus, certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, are you threatening me? Hey, you with the googly eye. Hey, cockeye, are you threatening me? What do you mean in the streets? Do you mean you're going to release your Antifa? Those 130 pound punks, communist Marxist frauds. Or are you going to get the uh, land speculators, known as BLM, not the Bureau of Land Management, but BLM. You remember those investment advisors. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Well, that's before they stole hundreds of millions of dollars in the name of the black people. And then they bought real estate. Now they're retired. Now all of a sudden they're capitalists again. In the meantime, Congresswoman Jayapal and her cockeye. Sounds I think like there a would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic, you know, caucus. Certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, I think that this is—it's important that we don't take steps back from the very strong agenda that the president himself shepherded and led over the last two years. He can't lead himself to the bathroom, toots. He didn't lead Jack. Your mafia of corruption did. And here's the skinny: it's failing. It's failing so much so. That Pete Buttigieg, or as uh, President Biden called him, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, it turns out he uh, is trying to sell electric cars because they suck, too. Not to mention we don't have the grid. I would also note that we do careful cost-benefit analyses on regulations related to the efficiency of gas cars. And uh, those rules have saved Americans huge amounts of money in terms of gas and diesel costs. Uh, and, of course, making EVs more affordable will also make it easier for more Americans to take advantage of the fact that it is cheaper to fill up a car or truck with electrons, typically, than with gas or diesel. So this is all about making sure that we have, yes, cleaner air, uh, but also uh, saving uh, uh, drivers and, and, and passengers money. The kids don't want it. The people don't want it. The only way you can sell it is if you subsidize it and everyone is starting to understand this so you're losing on a lot of fronts here kid in the meantime your big new democrat party members are starting to get a little pushback from all kinds of unusual places this is from congress today this is the levi strauss heir, who is a congressman out of new york and he's trying to put somebody back in their place as they expose all kinds of corruption and fraud that are in this government. Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. No, no, no. Let's not listen to the FBI director. Let's listen to, sorry, what's your, your title? Senior writer at town hall who is going to tell us that the FBI director is wrong. And I'd like to yes. introduce 
There's no question. I think it's funny to be to be lectured by an heir to the Levi Strauss uh, Corporation, and, and that, honestly, that's probably why he uh, doesn't consider property damage to be that big of a deal. Because not only does he have that, but he also has uh, what some would describe an impossibly good stock portfolio. That's just the normal citizen who was called before Congress to testify because as a reporter, whose name is Julio Rosas, Julio Rosas exposed the fact that Antifa is a foot soldier army of the Democrat Marxist mafia. They're not an organic organization. They're certainly not against fascism. In fact, they promote fascism. And they break things and burn things in the name of fascism. Town Hall wrote an expose proving that they were in some cases, in most cases, paid to do the damage. And in the meantime, the cover artist, the Levi Strauss heir apparent, tried to say, oh, no, it's organic. See, because Congresswoman Jayapal is threatening the American people with violence in the streets again. And all I have to say to you, Congresswoman Kakai, is please make it start on Lake Street. Say 24th and Lake Street in Melrose Park. We could squash that son of a gun right away. I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic you know, caucus, certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, I think that this is... I'll catch a plane, toots. I'll be there Saturday if you need me. But I'm not going back to that sewer unless you promise your Antifa army and your BLM all show up so we can squash this threat of Marxism right where it needs to be. In the streets, baby. You're not scaring anybody. You're only proving everything we've always allegated against your mafia. You're nothing. You're not the majority of Americans. You're the most corrupt. You're the worst. You're the Democrats. 312-642-5600. So long, losers! Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The lovely honey bunny, who's always listening, wanted to correct me. It's not Pete Buttigieg. It's even better than Pete Buttigieg. And now it is my great honor to introduce the President of the United States, President Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. Booty juice. I think it was booty juice. Let's hear it again. And now it is my great honor to introduce the president of the United States, President Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. I think I like it. I think that's it from now on. (laughs) Cream Puff Jim. You kissed enough ass. Nobody ever called you booty juice. What's up? Cream Puff. Put the corned beef down. What are you dipping? It's not great Poupon. Let's put him on hold. George in Naperville. Sean, I want to thank the Mexican owners of businesses, restaurants that still have Taco Tuesday. It's the only affordable luxury left. Yes, it is. And that's the other thing. People are aware of this. Kids are aware of it. They understand exactly what's at stake. You know who doesn't understand what's at stake? The Congress people, the senators. You see, the bill that the Republicans passed isn't the law because of the Senate. Nobody even knows what these rats do. Why didn't you advance the bill? Why didn't you tweak the bill and send it back? Because you know you can stoke up your morons by threatening to take away their welfare. That's the position we're really at. Did the President and Speaker McCarthy have an agreement to talk on the phone or in person on a daily basis? I think uh, Speaker McCarthy implied that that would happen. Um, And so do they have an agreement? And (laughs) 
I could say this, uh, don't have any meetings or calls uh, to announce, uh, but obviously the staff is going to continue to have this conversation. They just they just wrapped up a, a conversation moments ago, and the president will speak uh, to the speaker when it's necessary. Once again, we're in the place where the staff does the work. These kids, these idiots that no one elected because Joe Biden can't have conversations every day. He's incapable. He's unfit. But yet still, I find it shocking that Kevin McCarthy doesn't call for an immediate impeachment. You see, this is the part that's disgusting. This is the duopoly of corruption, where we're pretending that Joe Biden is still able to have these kind of talks, knowing full well he isn't. And that's some reason for optimism? Okay. Well, I'm glad the speaker's here today. We, uh, we're optimistic we may be able to make some progress because uh, uh, we both agreed that uh, the false not really on the tape. We gotta get some- He's not speaking words, squirrel. I know the dementia. Chomp, 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 eating a brain. He can't finish the fracking words that dimwit. Been done here. And uh, the consequence of failing a pair of bills would be the American people would have a real kick in their economic well-being. Well, As a matter of fact, the rest of the world would, too. He makes Fetterman look like Socrates, this stupid son of a dog. In the meantime, he's going to lie with Kevin McCarthy sitting right there. It's the, the, the time for manners is over here, dimwit. The country is bankrupt, and every day that goes by, we get more and more broke. He just sits there like a child as Joe Biden stammers and stumbles and now tells the one lie he can remember. And uh, so we also agree we need to reduce the deficit. And I might add, uh, in my first two years as president, I reduced it by $1.7 trillion. Did you do that when you were sending money to the corrupt war that has been destroyed a country and is responsible for 140,000 lives, which nobody wants to talk about? In fact, as I sit here in Studio Xanadu, Bill Taylor is on NBC Now. NBC Now is showing Bill Taylor, who is telling us how great the morale is of the Ukrainian people who have been victimized by a war that should have been avoided, would have been avoided, had this dimwit in diapers not stolen the most important office. And who made it happen? Who was able to steal the office for Joe Robinette? My socks are wet, Biden. Every Democrat corrupt enclave throughout the country, but none more obvious than Jim Clyburn. He's the Mike Madigan of Washington, D.C., crooked as a jaybird. Twice as dirty. The president has made it very clear that he would like to have a bipartisan resolution of this. Uh, he says that, knowing full well as I do, that the 14th Amendment is still there. And as president of the United States, he has some authority uh, to use it. Now, I don't know what his personal background is. He sounds like a moron, but so do all Democrats, in particular when they advocate for fascism dictatorship and an autocratic takeover and nullification of our Congress. No, he doesn't, Jim, you moron. But I dare him to, because the reality is this is the part where if you try to nullify our Congress, which we the people elected, and during the time your old hag insider trader Speaker of the House jammed a $2 trillion bill down our throats, now you're gonna. Now things are gonna get spicy. I'll be like Congresswoman Jayapal, not just on the radio, but maybe in the streets. I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic, you know, caucus. Certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, I think that you don't scare me with your cockeye. 
You don't scare me. You don't scare me with your antifa. And you certainly don't scare me with your BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. David in Lansing. Sean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you played those recordings. I'm pretty sure Biden said, kick in the, and there's a word for rooster. I don't know if I could say it on the air. Really? I don't know. Sure. You you mean like cockeye without the eye? Perhaps. Yeah. Let's see what happened. Let's see. I don't know. Which one in the in the McConnell? Let's see what he says. I don't know. I think you're wrong, though. You've been wrong a lot. You're David and Lansing. Okay. Well, I'm glad the speaker's here today. We uh, we're optimistic. We may be able to make some progress because uh, we both agreed that we, defaults not really on the table. We got to get something done here. What? And uh, the consequence of failing to pay our bills would be the American people would have a real kick in their economic well-being. Ooh, he came close. But I'm going to give him a dementia pass. Because after all, every child, every citizen in this country knows Joe Biden is a moron suffering from all kinds of problems. Not only that, he's a whore. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, uh, foot, foot, oh boy. Me, the foothills of the Himalayas with That's the Xi part that trips him up. Yeah. traveling with them. And that's who traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. Of the time. And that's when he agreed to be an asset of the Chinese Communist Party and a traitor to his own country. But the Democrats helped get him elected because they're the same thing. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. California Democrats really annoy the hell out of me. Not just because most of them are so interwoven and financed by big oil who has diverted their investments into the green energy boondoggle, but because they're just such rotten human beings. Like Ted Lieu, for example. You remember Ted Lieu. Thank you, Mr. Chair. In congressional hearings, the minority party gets to select its own witnesses. And of all the people that Republicans could have selected, they picked Candace Owens. I don't know Miss Owens. I'm not going to characterize her. I'm going to let her own words do the talking. So I'm going to play for you the first 30 seconds of a statement she made about Adolf Hitler. I agree. I, I actually don't have any problems at all with the word nationalism. I think that it gets uh, the definition gets poisoned um, by elitists that actually want globalism. Globalism is what I what I don't want. So when you think about whenever we say nationalism, the first thing people think about, in at least in America, is Hitler. You know, he was a national socialist. But if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great. By the way, that's the real issue. He was a socialist like the Democrat mafia practicing fascism, totalitarianism, which is all from the seed of communism. That like Ted Lieu, like the California Democrats, like the Chicago Democrats, pick a Democrat. That's what they practice. And they're trying to label people who support policies of Donald Trump and voted for Donald Trump as Nazis. Just like, don't worry, we're going to get to the so-called smashing of the White House. And they found a Nazi flag as if that is supposed to indict people who vote for Donald Trump rather than the philosophy that the Democrats practice. You know, Nazism. And have things run well. Okay, fine. Problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German. All right, so my uh, first question is to Ms. Hershenoff. 
Ms. Owen said, quote, if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. So when people try to legitimize Adolf Hitler, does that feed into white nationalist ideology? <laughs> it does, Mr. Liu. I know that... Uh... They have an expert on who's going to pretend to give some expertise rather than the fact she, too, is a member of the American Socialist Nazi Party. Uh, Ms. Owens distanced herself from those comments later, but we expressed great concern over the original comments. Great. Thank you. Thank you. By the way... This is from the election year. It's important you understand that because Ted Lieu rears his quite ugly head again. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Owen, uh, Ms. Owens, I'm sorry. We just started a recording. Um, would you like time to respond to that? Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Lou believes that black people are stupid and will not uh, pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted witness, clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. Now, Jerry Nadler is going to chime in after his fat bastard surgery where he still is at five foot six three hundred and twenty five pounds i think he like chris christie ate the rubber band rather than tied it around their stomach but listen to the tone of his voice as he speaks to a young woman of color it is not proper to refer disparagingly or to a member of the committee uh, the witness will not do that again witness may continue sure even though i was called despicable um, witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You, you didn't listen to what I said. I Jerry Nadler, I've met Candace Owen, and I met her husband. He's a strapping young lad who you're lucky he wasn't there. He would have jumped over that podium and slapped the taste out of your mouth. Continue. Please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. And he purposefully extracted, he cut off, and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany, when in fact, the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether or not I believed in nationalism, and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A and the socialist, like Ted Lieu, but that doesn't stop the lying fraud who tries to indict people by snippets of sentences. See, that's what the Democrat mafia does, and it works. I mean, you see, after all, they've risen to the high ranks to destroy every major city they rule over. This is beyond the norm, and if you describe this as a negotiation of both sides issue, you're misleading the public, because Republicans, see, have this button here that they push and it's crash the economy. So they can say, hey, you don't provide billions for a border wall when it pushes button and crash the economy. Now, Ted Lieu isn't nearly as smart as he's supposed to look. Ted Lieu is ignoring the fact that since the day the dimwit in diapers, the most corrupt political who this country's ever known in any office, stole the most important office. Since the day he did, inflation has destroyed the quality of life among the poorest now it's creeping up to even the middle, and in some cases, the used to be rich. That's the cost of allowing the Democrat mafia to be in control of anything. You know, like the cities they've destroyed. You don't go to agree to these devastating cuts. They're going to cause over 100,000 jobs to be lost. We're going to push this button here and crash it. And that's the part I wanted to talk about. You know, I have access to college-age kids. 
And it's amazing the amount of non-for-profits that are all funded by government grants that are employing these newly graduated kids to the tune of 23 26 $27 an hour. Now, the jobs don't exist. They're government jobs where they build loyalty. And they use the so-called nonprofit as a pass-through to build new ranks in their Marxist mafia. That's what Lou refers to when he says ending jobs. Because since Joe Biden has stolen the most important office on the planet, the only jobs that are ever created are jobs of allegiance to government supremacy. That's all it is. Not a one job that came back to this country wasn't subsidized, funded, paid for by the Democrat mafia. This is not a negotiations. This is a hostage taking well beyond the norm. And this is how you should report it. You better tell them how to report it. And they'll listen because they're your step and fetch. They're the propagandists. They're your Goebbels spewing out your government supremacy and your lies and your fraud. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. These guys know if you... They know that this is how you indoctrinate kids. With Nancy leading the way, you never had to worry about whether the bill would pass. She said she had the votes. She had the votes every time. By the way, how's the investigation going into Nancy's insider trading and front running? Policy front running. Well, how's, how's the investigation going into stinky hammers? What, did that just go away? Everything gone away? I know the DUI got squashed. What about the fact that the, uh, the guy he was partying with cracked him in the head with a ball-peen hammer? We're in San Francisco, squirrel. The ball-peen hammers have two balls. Greg, Rogers Park. Hey, Sean. Sean, uh, you know, today, two things. First of all, I was absolutely disgusted to hear this. I'm not surprised at all because I was in the seminary, like I mentioned before, with these disgusting priests that get away with all this sex abuse and everything. Every, one of, every single one of them should be in jail. And this yeah. cardinal of ours here in Chicago, he should be arrested, too, for being a child rape enabler. Yeah, Kwame Raoul had a big event, but he Kwame Raoul had a big event, and he's going to go after the Catholic Church, which I I agree, like you, they should be in jail. But I also think the 650 Chicago public school teachers, you know, the communists that have been molesting kids for two and a half years, I think they should go too, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, our our mayor is a child rape enabler too. Well, I and um, I know well, he's he was a, a union leader. He was a union leader there. He, he didn't do anything about all the rape going on there. You know, to be that I don't think he actually rape. worked. It was more of a ghost job where they were hedging themselves so they could put him in office oh. so he could really pay off the billions. But I appreciate the thought. Mark in Oakland. Hey, John. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, brother. How are you? I tell you, I've got all my friends listening to you. We're always talking about you. You are the you are the voice of reason and the voice of uh, uh you know, you, you want to save the country, and and uh, you know, I absolutely I'll tell you, Sean, do. I know you do, and you know, you know what gets me is that a couple of things. You know, I just heard that guy talking about the Catholic priest, and, and that's fine; he makes a good point. But you know what, though, it's rampant all over. Uh, Mark, you know, it's like morals, you know, it's like you know what what button my finger is on. And I'm Natalie Bomke. An audit of Chicago public schools finds widespread fraud and shocking sexual misconduct. The investigation by the Office of Inspector General focusing on the misuse of COVID relief funds and abuse of students. 650, to be precise, 650 kids 
abused by yeah, Chicago abuse. public school union Marxist scum. It's, I'm not it's horrific, to say that Sean. Yeah. You know, I was going to make one last point, Sean, that until Kevin McCarthy calls out this debt ceiling for what it is, it's a Ponzi scheme that we're living in in this country. And it's going to continue and it's going to get worse and worse until we deal with some pain and deal with the issue now, not later, and, and call it a Ponzi scheme. Call it for what it is. Don't, don't Mark, tell me that. just prepare uh, yourself. He's going to roll over yeah. like Pritzker looking for a cookie on a Saturday night. Going to be rolling ah. all over. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fat bastard. There's another guy. Two at five. It keeps happening. Allegations of vulnerable students sexually assaulted at Chicago public schools. Now- oh, but that didn't get it. Where's Kwame? Hey, Kwame, with your stupid bald head. How come you didn't go after the Chicago public school teachers? You're busy? Yeah, you're a Marxist fraud, too. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. I know it's supposed to be news, but it doesn't seem like news to me. California man helps ducks cross the street, struck by a car and killed, but the ducks made it. All right, just let's keep our eye on what's really important. There's a Democrat. There's an example of a Democrat for you. Come on, little ducky ducky. You can make it. As for you, you're going to wear the Ford sticker on your head during uh, the burial process. Ryan in Chicago. What's going on, Sean? How are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm a Tinley Park resident. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what happened this past weekend at the carnival. It's insane. You know, I have the story. I have, obviously, we, we have it. And it's another example of what happens when society doesn't have a character. You have among us people who have broken the contract of a civil society. You know, you know what it reminds me of is something that happened over the weekend that I found to be insane. Hang on, Ryan. I want you to hear this. Drama outside a New York courthouse as the man accused in a deadly road rage attack faces a judge. We'll start there at 4 o'clock. Hello, everyone. I'm David Ushery. And I'm Natalie Pascarella. On Long Island, a man now facing murder charges in that deadly road rage beating. We're now getting our first look at the victim. This is 54-year-old David McKenzie. Today, emotions, as you saw, boiling over outside of court as the alleged attacker faced a judge for the first time. News force- 26-year-old kid. By the way, they're both minorities. They're both of the same race. 26-year-old kid blows a stop sign, gets in a fender bender, and kicks the guy's skull in and kills him as the guy was trying to walk away from him. So you're living in a society that is protecting predators. So the fact that what we saw in Tinley Park wasn't more violent is the thing to be thankful for because in Tinley Park, like the rest of Cook County, like the rest of Illinois, the government protects the predators. It doesn't, it doesn't enforce the societal contract where you have to act civilized. That's the problem. In fact, it incentivizes, it incentivizes people not being civilized. This is the problem when you start paying people's bills. You turn everyone into children. It's a, it is a disgrace. You're right, Ryan. And, the, and the, mo- the most sickening part about it is it's about the military men who sacrifice. That's what this whole yep. thing is about. And yep. you just gave all of these degenerate scum the ability 
to seize it, to take it over, to intimidate people. It's like living 130 years ago. Because, Ryan, the Democrats are like children. They think like children. They act like children. They even talk like children. And that's the real Absolutely. problem we have. It's time for a Absolutely. national divorce. You can't get along with this. How are you going to get along with this? Thank you very much for the call. Just listen to this, how, how disgusting this story is. Two, both people, the predator and the victim, minorities. Pacey Chang, live in Baldwin with more Pacey. Natalie, you know, police arrested 26-year-old Patrick Destin, and they say the motive for this brutal beating was pure road rage. Destin was upset that a car, a used car that he had just purchased, was involved in a car accident with the victim, David McKenzie, and he blamed him for the accident. That screaming that started it off is his idiot, less-than-attractive girlfriend attacking the family outside of court. This is savagery. These are uncivilized savages. Even though police say it wasn't the victim's fault, causing him to stomp the victim repeatedly in the head, kick him until he died. You know, like the guy on the L would have done had that hero not choked his ass out. That was a hero. That's what that guy needed to be on this corner. So the 54-year-old good person would live, and the 26-year-old roach, spoiled, incompetent, unable roach. This kid probably never bought anything in his life with an honest dollar, and now he'll probably get out. I lost my son for nothing at all. It shouldn't be. Perlene McKenzie, devastated and in mourning over the senseless death of her son, David. Hard-working family man. Police say David McKenzie was driving home Saturday night around 10.50. He was feet from his house when he got into a car crash with 26-year-old... And by the way, it's just like Chicago and New York or New Jersey or Philadelphia or California. When the victims are not able to take care of the, take advantage of the race, then they, we just forget it. You would have never heard this clip because it's a black perpetrator on a black victim. And that's acceptable in these Marxist hellholes. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. The quality of life in America is the way it is, the standard it is. We're the first country built on the individual, not the government. The government has managed to backdoor nationalize every aspect of our life, but the most important thing is the economy. It just is. So we're going to flip our guests a little bit. This is John Miltimore. I want to discuss the Fed, the banking issues, and you've seen his name in the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Forbes, Fox News, along with many others. John, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Sean. You know, John, what's upsetting to me is these unelected bureaucrats that are truly in control of the economy, truly in control of the velocity of money, the flow of money, and the ramifications that affect only the businesses not in the mafia. And when you see the Fed admit 
it's going to cast us into an economic turmoil in order to calm things down and make it better. This must be how a battered housewife feels when her husband brings home flowers and then kicks her teeth in. Yeah, I mean, if you look, the Federal Reserve has too much power, and they've had too much power for a long time. Um, there's sort of this illusion that they're in control of things. Uh, they have to maintain that illusion. Um, but, you know, the, the last few years have, have been a really good example of that, that they're not in control. Um, we don't know right now where this financial uh, collapse is really what a lot of people fear is going. Um, we've seen three of the four largest, you know, banks, collapses in, in U.S. history in about the last few months. So where this goes, we're not sure, but, but you know, I think it's, it's a, a fallacious assumption to think that the Fed is in control of events. Now, John Miltimore, you are the managing editor of the Foundation for Economic Education. Isn't that really the problem in this country when so many Americans have no idea how the economy really works and they're buying propaganda and they're, in often cases, demanding their own mediocrity as they're promoting policies that keep people poor and guarantee poverty for those people who were just hanging on. This, to me, is an outrageous thing we're going through, where the Fed, Federal Reserve raises the cost of money 10 times in a year and is admitting we have to make things worse and that'll make you better. But what about those single mothers, those people who work two and three jobs, who cannot keep up with the cost of corruption, which is called inflation? I mean, that's the sad reality of inflation. It really does hurt uh, the poorest people in the country the most. If, if you look, you know, wealthier people have all kinds of ways they can hedge against inflation. Um, they're investing in gold. They're investing in land. Some are investing in cryptocurrencies. You, know, you pick it, but there are ways to hedge. For a lot of people, though, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have uh, that option. Um, and, and so, yeah, it is a sad reality that inflation does harm, you know, the, the, the least among us the most. Um, and, and it is funny, you know, like if you look at, you know, I, I wrote about a Fed report recently where they kind of admitted a lot of their own failures in the report. They admitted that um, there was, uh, that banks, that they missed it completely. When SVB collapsed, they were a high rated bank. Yeah, like the Fed did not see it coming. Um, but of course, what do they want? And you know, after these, we're seeing collapse after collapse of banks. They want more power. They want more control. Um, and and that's sort of the nature of these things. This is something that the Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises wrote about more than half a century ago. They, the 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 problems with intervention don't you know result in more humility from bureaucrats, but a desire for more control. The Federal Reserve is really the story of 110 years of failure. They, keep, they have very good propaganda. I hear all the time about how Paul Volcker uh, is responsible for Reaganomics and the Reagan boom, when the fact of the matter is Paul Volcker was a pick of Jimmy Carter. Paul Vo Volcker raised the rates, causing the inflation. When Ronald Reagan won, he immediately lowered those rates. Is it that they've been able to tell a better story and put lipstick on the pig, which is the legacy of failure they really perpetrate? You know, it's interesting. I actually wrote something not too long ago on this. You know, like like Jimmy Carter um, really does. I, I I think he's he's looked at as one of the worst presidents in history. In some ways, Carter really threw himself on the grenade. He was dealing with like a decade's worth of inflation, the Vietnam War, and all these costs. Um, he did appoint you know the monetary hawk and Volcker in in, in raising interest rates. Um, 
it probably cost him his, his presidency. There was a re- recession that followed. Um, but I, I think Carter deserves more credit for taking you know some of those actions. Um, yeah, but the bottom line is the Fed has too much power, and, and we're seeing it now. When you print $5 trillion in, in a, what is it, a three-year span, um, you're going to get inflation. And, and we're seeing all these things. You know, on the left, you hear people talking about corporate greed being responsible for inflation. Uh, on the right, you, we hear people that, that the fingers just at Joe Biden, um, you know, is responsible for inflation. The, 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 the truth is both parties are responsible for inflation. Yeah, the system that's... is responsible. When you're printing trillions of dollars of money, you're going to have inflation. You know, John, I, um, I'm not educated in Northwestern. I'm not a man of letters. I'm an old commodity trader. They're called Merc Jerks. I'm an old floor trader. I started out as a runner. In the, in my second week was the crash of 1987. And I was taught how to trade by a very smart guy. And he used to always tell me the one thing we know is that we don't know. And that is both optimistic and depressing. If you think about no matter how much knowledge you have, you really don't know. But when you look back at what the Federal Reserve has done, to me it is unequivocal failure. Yet we keep buying the tagline that they should make things worse to make them better. Has anybody ever thought, like an investor, what if they're wrong? Because to me, as you look at the legacy of recessions and depressions, depending on what side of the the earning income it, it is to you, we've now got the government changing the technical definition of recession when the fact of the matter is you could argue we've been in a recession since trump was in office and shut down the damn economy and pretended to fake the velocity of money so at a certain point are we ever going to rethink 110 years of this syndicate called the federal reserve you know i god i hope so (laughs) because if we don't it's going to get worse and you're right, like with financial markets, you know, like predicting this stuff isn't possible. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't been trading as long as you. I didn't know you, were, you know, went back that far. Um, you know, but it has been quite a roller coaster ride these last few years, and it shows that it, these things are impossible to, to predict. One of the things, though, I, I don't think that gets enough attention is the fact that, you know, you had these banks, they weren't even managing their investment, the, the interest rate risk, like, the most basic thing you should be doing is, is analyzing, you know, your risk in case of you know interest rates increase sh- sharply, and they weren't doing that. And, and if you look, no. they were focusing on a lot of other things. They were focusing on you know climate change assessment scores. Um, they, were, yes, they were focusing on social equity and, and all these things. And I think we got to get back to letting banks, you know, do what they do best, and, and, and that's you know borrow money to uh, you know let lend money and manage risk. And, and they've gotten away from that the last few years. You know, John, I, I, I can't stand Democrats, mainly because they've polished communism and Marxism and socialism and pretend it's somehow going to help the economy and they've destroyed everything they touch when that philosophy enters a society. But I also can't stand Republicans who bend knee to this oligarch system of corruption in the Federal Reserve. You mentioned these banks, yet the president of SVB Bank was also the president of the San Francisco Fed. You have this revolving door of uh, in-the-club corporatism. And at a failure rate of $32 trillion that they admit, hidden, unfunded liabilities, John, that you and I could probably mm-hmm. get up to $240 million. And you realize that the only way to keep this scam going is to go to war with anybody who doesn't agree with your currency. How does it end? 
You know, it, it, that, that's a difficult question. That's a million-dollar question. I guess yeah. we should call it the trillion-dollar question exactly. these days. I, I do think there's hope. And you look, you know, like, like there is, we're seeing, you know, other currencies. I, I think, the, I will say this, the future of the dollar does not look real good right now. And we, we see other competing currencies. And a, a lot of this stuff is, you know, the average American should not have to worry about all these things. But we've seen, you know, in Washington, D.C., a small group of people that they have immense control over the economy, control they were never supposed to have. Um, and over the last hundred years or so, that control has only grown. So how we get that control back? I mean, I think we need sound money, right? And I think and the, yeah. the first step is getting uh, to get to sound money is getting it out of the, the control of the hand of lawmakers and bureaucrats. It's funny because I'm, I'm thinking about the Foundation for Economic Education. Where do you primarily focus? Is this something that people go to online? Do you have events for kids? Because the reality is, the kids today have been so underserved by a public school system that has been led to not teach principles of Americanism or f- sound economics. They're teaching these kids to accept this government supremacy, where the government is involved now in virtually every aspect and backdoor nationalize the economy writ large. So who, how do you, are you focusing on the youth? Are you focusing on the worker? How are you attacking the problem at, the, uh, at your organization? Yeah, you know, all our work is available on FEE.org, and that really is our mission, is just bringing, you know, basic economics to the next generation. And that's hard to do. Like, we are, we're working, you know, we do some of that online and social media. We're, all, we're also working through schools directly. Like, we're, we're in classrooms across this, the country, and we're just, I mean, that, when you cut, we're about economic liberty and really just basic economics, which if you look as a country, we failed at teaching children economics for the last half century or more. And our organization goes back to the 19th 40s has been our mission from the beginning. It's a tough one, um, but I mean that's what we're here to do is just bring basic economic understanding and, and the, the virtue of economic liberty uh, to young people in the next generation. Because if, if we don't fight for this now, we know what world is coming for us, right? We've, we've, the 20th century showed us when economic liberty contracts, what, what fills that vacuum, and um, you know we're seeing it here in America today, and we got to prevent that from happening. I want your opinion. I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy, and I appreciate you adjusting your time and you know helping me i'm gonna let you go but i have something that i've been bothered by and that is the notion that we could go off of a gold standard without attaching the currency to anything not even a combination of quality of oil and gas and other benefits of the american economy and we kind of set ourselves up for this problem and i i believe that was the goal and i look back at the presidents, I love history, and I look back at them, and you look at everything that came out of Richard Nixon, an obscure politician until Prescott Bush plucked him out of obscurity in California. And you realize everything he did from the EPA to OSHA to the Department of Education, and he's also the one who got us off of the gold standard. So, saying, and I agree in some cases, Jimmy Carter at least was a man of character, and I, I like the fact he's dating Diane Feinstein now, and they just got back from Maui. But the reality is... Who's the worst president, in your opinion? I believe, hands down, it's Richard Milhouse Nixon. Who do you think it is? Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson. I, I've had plenty of conversations on this. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, th- for me, the top two are FDR and Wilson. But, but you know, Wilson did create, you know, the, the Federal Reserve. He gave us the income tax. Um, if you look at his, his civil liberties, he was arresting people. Um, that so would oppose we, his war. He was all over it. And to me, Woodrow Wilson opened the door to all of this. FDR is a close second. So can we, but you're, yeah. you're right. Richard Nixon did an awful lot of lousy things, too. 
Yeah, so if we do Thelma and Louise, we could have uh, Woodrow Wilson as Thelma and Louise can be Nixon <laughs> with maybe FDR being the gas station attendant who tuned the car up. What do you think? We're, hey, I mean, the thing is, we are still dealing with all these problems. You know, that, that these were, were started 100 years ago. Um, you know, some of them we tried, we, we rolled back a little bit, but that they really did. It was Pandora's box that opened the door. Um, and, and I think you learn, like, once it, it's it's the, the ratchet effect that Robert Higgs wrote about. You know, like, yes. once he's, you, 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 they, you pull these powers back a little bit, but you can never turn, you know, pull them back quite enough, and then the power just grows. So that's We can do it, John. We can do it. These idiots have been wrong for 110 years. Years. We just need to wake everybody up. That's why I love the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. He is John Miltimore. Thank you for making yourself available. I look forward to the next time. Hey, I appreciate it, Sean. You have a great day. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. We don't get fooled again. Oh, squirrel, if only that song were correct song is not correct. $100 the year Donald Trump won the presidency. $100 then. It now takes $128 to buy the items you bought for $100 when Donald Trump was elected. If you go back to the idiot, George W. Bush, it's $179. If you go back to the second term of Ronald Reagan, it's $276. This is political This is caused by corruption. They want you to believe it's incompetence, but it's not. This is the goal. They're inflating their way out of more and more responsibility and ramifications of their own corruption. That's why Joe Biden is the perfect face. He's Everybody knows him. Everybody knows Joe Biden was a crooked Democrat fraud. Nobody remembers when Joe Biden had his marbles. In 16 years, it'll be the year 2000. He'll be 19 years old. What happens if every tax dollar that we pay, 50 to 60 percent of it's just going to pay the interest on the debt? He will be paying for what we lived on. We should be investing to allow him to be able to live on something. Boy, oh boy. You notice the difference in his speech pattern? Okay. Well, I'm glad the speaker's here today. We, uh, we're optimistic we may be able to make some progress because uh, we both agreed that we, the false not really on the tape. We've got to get something done here. What? And uh, the consequence of failing to pay our bills would be that American people would have a real kick. In. Now you've gone to paying the bills on the corruption that he was able to articulate in 1984 when he ran, you know, when he lied about his resume and the rest of it when the country had standards and threw his wrinkled ass out on the street. Now here he sits, destroying our nation. And he's got help. The problem is the help isn't just from the corrupt oligarchs. It's from the American people that buy this bulldog, that buy it, and continue to pretend this is a problem that we're just happenstance. What are we going to do? Well, you're doing the exact opposite. If you want the economy to thrive, you'll put it back in the hands of the people. Take it out of the hands of government, because government fails and it gets paid to do it. That's why the goal is failure. It's really quite that simple. That's why they lie to you every time about the debt ceiling and the yada, yada, yada. Because here we are. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Print the money. Um, On the debt ceiling, Mitch McConnell has said that everyone needs to relax. This is not an unusual process. Does the president agree with that? Well, what's unusual is, uh, is... For our economy, the American economy, to be held hostage and to be uh, connected in this way to the budget. Maybe it's kidnapped. It's been kidnapped by the government. 
and they can't succeed at anything, and they never do. And their answers are wrong. It is the wrong answer to bankrupt 70% of the nation in order to save the economy. The devastation, the hundreds of millions of people that it's destroying, the divorces, the bankruptcies, the closed businesses, all political. And you want me to believe the American people voted for this idiot? I don't think so. Ross, Oak Forest. Hi, Sean. As always, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for Uh, making it. uh, Three quick points I wanted to run through. Uh, The first one, whenever you're back in Elmhurst, let me know. Uh, uh, Love to come to your cigar shop, have a conversation with you. You got it. I'll be back for Uh, the golf outing around that time. Not before. Oh, perfect. Uh, Perfect. Uh, the second one, I, I kind of disagreed a little bit with your, your last caller on one comment he made, or excuse me, uh, last guest yeah. around, uh, you know, things that the, the average American shouldn't be concerned, have to be concerned with. Um, I think as we are supposed to be, and you say, you know, we're the enlightenment, we're, it's our responsibilities to enlighten ourselves. And today we're information's at the, our fingertips. We, we have a responsibility to self-educate as Americans so that we're educated in voting, we're educated in policy, we, we, we continue to, to further our, our, our republic. And the, the, the last thing I had here was around the, the Fed. And I think when it gets down to the education level, <laughs> economic, uh, with, with most Americans, I don't think most people realize there was no centralized bank. Until the early 1900s, 110 years, and that was 110 yeah. years ago, it, 1913. It, uh, I, I I can't remember uh, the exact presidents, but uh, off Wilson. the top of my head, I I think it was three presidents prior to that vetoed the idea. Yeah, uh, Woodrow one, Wilson was a Marxist. He was he was what he was what today ironically he'd be called a Republican today, but here's the thing, Ross. Yeah. What he meant by that, I, I know context is important. What he meant by that is that the fundamentals were in place for this not to happen. They shouldn't be concerned that we would be $32 trillion in debt. That's how I took what John was saying. Because the reality is, yeah. what the government has done is not only unconstitutional and immoral, it, is not, it, it has no principle for this country to keep doing what it's doing and bankrupting its, itself. But that's what needs to be revealed. It'll only be revealed if people understand the reason that it takes $276 today to buy what you could have bought in 1986 is because the government did it. Not you, not your banker on the corner, your community banker, not the guy you disagree with across the street, but the corporatist scum, Ross. The corporatist scum who have meetings and collaborate. And this is the plan. What we're living in is the goal. Well, this conference is really a forum for the transatlantic elite and for maintaining U.S. dominance over the European continent. It was founded in 1954 at a period of anxiety. The Bilderberg Group. You ever hear of it, Squirrel? I'm sure you did. In Europe about the resurgence of communism, anti-Americanism, and the oldest attendee there who's been going since 1957 and who is there this year is Henry Kissinger. Mm. So that should tell you a lot. Uh, He was big with Nixon. China taking us off the gold standard. Henry Kissinger, still going. I think he does the driving when Jimmy Carter and Dianne Feinstein go to the Sybaris. It's low key because the location is always kept secret. It's up to 
independent scrappy journalists to find the location and it was a portuguese journalist i think his name is enrique carvalho who found who's written a book about uh, bilderberg who found this year's location no they're normal they're like the world economic forum with klaus schwab that's hair klaus schwab the use world so covid 19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century it has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion, and... You know, they caught the Nazi flag in the U-Haul that tried to run into the White House, and that's a big scandal. But the son of an actual Nazi by the name of Klaus Schwab as the head of the World Economic Forum, that's normal? I don't think so. Nein, 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 nein. hate Nazis. Take great pride in the history of my own family as killing Nazis all over Europe. I had an uncle, went through Africa and Italy, says he gave... Uh, Sophia Loren, he was convinced he gave Sophia Loren a Hershey bar. I had another uncle who invaded Normandy and then went to fight in the Battle of the Bulge. And I had another, another uncle who knocked up a lot of girls in Paris. Bruno, Iowa. Sean, hey, excellent show. Greetings from the great state of Iowa. I'm glad you made it out. Well, you, you did. You were originally from Illinois, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Made it out of Dodge. Oh, my God. I, I, this you is- got a lot of windmills, though, in Iowa, don't you? Out of those phony Pella, windmills. Pella, Iowa, that's where the windmills are. You got to come out. It's a really nice little town. You don't lock your doors. You don't lock your cars. Unlike Chicago, you don't have to lock anything. Everybody trusts one another. Good for you. Hey, um, by Friday, I, this is what I predict. He, right. Biden and the Democrats have this all planned out weeks ago. They're, they're going to invoke the 14th Amendment. He's going to put an executive order in to raise a debt ceiling. Right. He's just going to flip the bird to all the Republicans saying, there, I did it. We didn't default. Then he's going to blame the Republicans. That, that's my that's my take. I like it, Bruno. And you know, I'm from an old little neighborhood called Melrose Park, where I and my cousin had a social club, very young age. So I have to cover your bet, because I love to say, covered! Bruno, you're covered! Thank you very much. All right, thank you. One cigar, right. and I can't wait to go to Iowa and deliver it. Don in Bloomingdale. <laughs> hey, Sean. Uh just to make you feel good about your life, uh, some unelected bureaucrat in Washington announced today that we're no longer going to be able to have top loader wash machines and dishwashers that use X amount of water per cycle. They're Over just- my cold, dead hands, will you make me <laughs> smell like a Democrat, you freaking stink? Sure you don't care about washers. Take a look at yourself, you filthy animals. How about the senator? Fetterman with his hoodie and shorts. I'd like oh to. My God. If he had his marbles, I'd love to throw him around like a rag doll. Go Uncle ahead. Fester. Hey, yeah, I know he's hey, a big guy. On. How about Joe Biden? Oh, he's a big guy. You wouldn't last five seconds on Lake Street in Leone's in ninth, circa 1987. You'd be laying there spitting teeth looking for your wallet. Go ahead. <laughs> Sean, uh, how bad has it got to get before somebody on the Republican side says that we're going to start talking about impeachment? I don't hear a word. They're, they're cowards. They don't want you know, to. You know, he sat there yesterday. You know, it's hard to do on radio. But if you were able to watch that meeting where I play the clip of Joe Biden sitting and disgracing Washington, D.C. in the White House with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy looks like a child waiting to sit on Santa's lap because that's what he yeah. is. If he was a man, he would have been saying impeachment from the day they put him in that position. That's a powerful yeah. position to be in. And you want me to yep. believe he's going to fight for the bill that the Republicans passed? That was to appease me and you. That's why I never took it that way. This is a cabal of corruption. Kevin McCarthy was selected, not elected. 
He's yep. there because he's always sat on the lap of corrupt Republicans. It's like Illinois Republicans. Same thing. I can't stand yep. Illinois Republicans. Thank you very much, Don. Appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Craig and Mount Greenwood will be first when I get back. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, I love these calls. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines before I play this clip of Joy Behar. You know that's not her name, right, Squirrel? Behar? Her name is Joy Ochudo. She's Brooklyn Italian Catholic. She's what uh, is called in Melrose Park a Mussolini Italian. You know, socialist, Marxist, fascist, dimwits. We'll get to her after Glenn in Willow Springs. Hey, Sean. Hey, Glenn. Yeah, uh, this, Are you changing a tire? For a what are you doing? No, I'm uh, stuck in traffic on 294. All right, is there a Prius or a Hyundai around you? Uh, actually, surprisingly, no. Oh, good. Okay, good. Your insurance agent can calm down. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, there's, well, there's no hope for impeachment because if you impeach Biden, then you got Kamala Harris sitting in the wings, plus the Senate's going to have to convict uh, and, and remove them, and they're not going to do that. It's just oh. going to be a circus on, on the media. There's no hope. But don't you find it? There was it was the same you could say for Trump. Yet the Democrats under, understood their goal, and even though they did it on fake fake allegations twice on two fake things, they did it, and they understood what that meant. Because you have to understand, it's a, it's a talking point society we live in. You grab any kid who's been lied to by his teacher. And he'll say Trump is bad and he was impeached. They have no idea the mechanism. But here we have a guy who not only is embarrassing the nation because he's unfit to serve and unable to, he's, he's destroying the future by bankrupting and funding illegal wars. And at least these kids would say, oh, why was Biden impeached? And you could open the conversation because right now it's so, it's so polarized. They say, ah, just discount those people. They're Trump voters. Not understanding I wasn't a Trump voter out of choice. I was a Trump voter out of necessity. Make sense? Yeah, I, I, I see your point. He deserves to be impeached. There's no question. But yeah. you're just going to have uh, everyone say, uh, you know, the extreme, uh, you know, the mainstream media, media is just going to trump it as the, uh, you know, the mean uh, MAGA Republicans uh, out of control. But we're, lo- I, we, I understand that. But this is a propaganda war. We're losing it because we don't have the confidence to speak truth to propaganda. I, I want to do that. Even if it's an act of futility, because the reality is, I want a nonviolent removal of the most obvious asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, this country's ever had to suffer under. So let's start at step one. That's how I view it. But I appreciate your logic, and I agree with it. It's nothing's going to happen, but you still, that doesn't mean we can't have to stop trying. Thank you very much. And maybe somebody will wake up. I mean, it appears some people have. What do you mean? He's only got 40% support. That means he has 60% that wouldn't vote for him. Just 40% of Democratic respondents say they'd vote for President Biden if the party's 2024 primary was held today. That means 60% wouldn't. So impeach him. Maybe you'll get another 20%. It's worth the effort. Ron and Velpo. Hey, Sean. Uh, 
Sean. I just want to tell you, I, I wear your T-shirt when I'm driving for Uber. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. A lot of people are surprised by it because I play your program all the time. Yeah. I had one woman tell me to turn the channel. I asked her if she wanted me to let her out. She sure didn't like that. Uh, but, I, you know, the Democrats always put up negative label. I, I forgot what they're labeling the bill that the Republicans passed. We need to start they're, they're labeling... They didn't pass it. And, Ron, by the way, it doesn't matter if Democrats don't like the shirt. They're not going to tip you anyway. We even tip better. We do everything better. So we're not morons or mafia members. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. A while ago, a friend of mine sent me a clip from the Economic War Room. I was intrigued by the clip. I was intrigued by the host. I learned that the host... He's a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. He's also the author of a couple of books, Secret Weapon, Game Plan, and According to Plan. His name is Kevin Freeman. He is the host of Economic War Room. Kevin, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good, very good. Although I, I, I always, uh, always a little sour when I'm reminded that I'm a slave to the corrupt oligarch government. And uh, that's the part where I see we could maybe change things if we... Not only dig into the data and the failure, the history of failure that the government has perpetrated, but also pay attention to kind of some options out there. So when I heard about Texas creating its own currency, backing it in a combination of gold and I believe oil, right? Silver. Silver. I said, boy, this is a nice approach. Why be victims of economic terrorism, economic skullduggery perpetrated by Washington, and why not stoke the opportunity we have? And instead of waiting for guys to do it in foreign countries like Bitcoin, maybe some good states should do it, right? Oh, absolutely. The Constitution allows it. Article 1, Section 10 says a state can make nothing other than gold and silver coins legal tender, but by definition, that means they can make gold and silver coins legal tender. And it's been done before in history. It's been backed by Supreme Court decisions. And Texas is ready to do it now, we hope. Uh, We've got to get some legislation passed. But uh, when we do that, we will have an offering the rest of the country can participate in. Kevin, you know, we are sitting at this point and we get caught into the hyper-emergency of debt ceiling and all the rest of it. And the vast majority of us do not approve of what the government has done over the last 110 years anyway, but specifically the last 20. None of us approve of the way in which the government has destroyed the integrity of our dollar. They keep tag- using taglines, faith and credit. They're talking about us. We're the, we're the useful idiots that keep paying off this corruption. We're not the benefactors of the, of the mafia corruption and spending, most of us. So it's only right that good states not get dragged down by the corruption of the few Democrat-heavy states, in particular Washington. Do you think this is going to lead to other states taking this approach? Oh, we've already had talks with Oklahoma. The state treasurer wrote a letter 
uh, saying they're interested. I've talked to the head of the Freedom Caucus in Arizona, Jake Hoffman. He's interested. I've talked to Ken Ivory, legislator in Utah. I had a brief conversation with Governor DeSantis in Florida. I've talked to uh, Dan Sullivan's chief of staff from Alaska, uh, South Carolina, Curtis Loftus, who's the treasurer of South Carolina. And yes, other states are interested. Texas has a unique position because we already have a bullion depository. And that's one of the key ingredients. That plus you add technology that's already available publicly um, out of Europe primarily, but even in the United States on your Apple iPhone, you can create your own gold standard using Glint Pay. Uh, It's an app that you can buy gold, they'll hold it for you, and you can spend it with a MasterCard. When we create an alternative monetary system under state authority, it's something the federal government can't interfere in. They can't uh, check in on our privacy. They can't line item veto our spending. They can't push central bank digital currencies on us. Uh, and they can't deflate it by rapid inflation so you devalue the dollar. Really, it is, it is what the founders intended as a fail-safe if the federal government went rogue. They can and they have gone to war to protect this currency. After all, it explains every one of the foreign policy atrocities we're involved in now, and it also was a key component to the Civil War. Doesn't oh, no this question. come into play? People have died. People have yeah. died as a result of them defending their position, especially since the Federal Reserve in 1913. Uh, you know, other, other nations, we've deposed leaders uh, who threatened to go away from the dollar. So it, it's a risky proposition, but it's a constitutional one. And the state of Texas is like the eighth or ninth largest economy on a standalone basis in the world. You know what's funny? I remember reading, and I, I refer to it a lot, a book by an ex-Soviet. Actually, he was a defector, and he became a professor in California. And he had predicted that in the future, in the next 50 to 100 years, America would split into six countries because Americans by nature would not tolerate the corruption that he saw back then that reminded him of the Soviet Union he left. These are very interesting times we live in because we have this supposed republic that really doesn't operate as a republic. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are, as I am predicting Kevin McCarthy rolls over like the pay-to-play fraud I think he always has been, and just rubber stamps the continuation of the burying of the American people under the, 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 the debt and the failure economically that I believe is the goal of Washington, D.C. and the American government. I'm wondering how you think these, these debt ceiling uh, talks are going to go. Well, first you referenced Igor Panarin, who is a yes. Russian academic and professor, brilliant guy, um, yes. and Putin loves it because he wants to see America break into six, six or eight different uh, countries. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of what we're doing is uh, the whole book, according to plan, is written on how the open borders, the debt problems, the everything is leading to uh, literally a, a, a elite takeover. I want to call it a communist takeover. The communism implies that there's some equality among people. These are elites trying to take over and put us all under their feet like the pigs of Animal Farm did to the, all the other animals. And yeah. so all of that is geared to break our country, which is why we've got to have action plans that are state-based using constitutional authority. I mean, you've got your cigar and your Declaration of Independence, <laughs> one in each hand. Yeah, uh, you know, throw the Constitution in there in your back pocket, and we, we, we can fix this if we follow what our founders laid out for us. And I've been paying attention to Convention of the States. I love the progress they're making. But I can't help but notice the bureaucracies, often created by an executive order. You know, most people don't realize the EPA wasn't created by Congress. It's an executive order. However, it has the, the, the regulations, which are really laws, the weaponization 
to backdoor nationalize every aspect, but more importantly, the most important aspect, the energy sector. I think they've won. And as you see, oil companies diversify and go into the alternatives. They're not really interested anymore in fighting for the principles that made them very, very rich. That's the part that troubles me. And I'm wondering if you think there's a few standouts out there that will do the uh, John Galt and make a play and back Texas and stay in that in that homage to capitalism that made this country the greatest in the world, rather than bend to the the, the lure of corporatism. What do you um, where do you see real optimism? We we sure hope so. One of the optimistic things is the pushback. The reason ExxonMobil is going more woke is because they have three directors who hate fossil fuels, and they were elected by Engine One uh, and backed by Larry Fink and BlackRock and Vanguard yeah. and and all of. So we have a back-to-neutral coalition, and we're working very hard. In that coalition is Derek Kreifels from the State Financial Officers Foundation, and we're convincing states to divest from those woke uh, index funds and, in doing so, encouraging investment in the oil and gas industry. So we're creating alternative investment platforms and mechanisms where freedom-loving people can move to those. I train financial advisors at Liberty University, something called the National Security Investment Consultant Institute, and we train financial advisors to help people take their money out of woke and out of China and put it in things that are patriotic. And the goal here is, as we stand up real Americans, the money doesn't belong to Washington, it belongs to the people. And we, the people, don't want this. Whether billionaires, and I talked to a billionaire on the phone just an hour ago, or we're talking to just average everyday um, union members, working Joes, we want to see an America that succeeds and not one that fails. Donald Trump pulled a coalition together that was kind of amazing. And what we've got to do is reach out to those people and say, look, here are your alternatives. And we're creating alternative paths every week in the economic world. It's really a duopoly that's happening worldwide. When you see the way in which the dollar has been bastardized and corrupted, and then you look at the World Economic Forum, and you look at what's going on with uh, George Soros and all the rest of it, as they, on one hand, uh, spend hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, to get very strategic Democrats elected to implode the principles of Americanism, i.e. the dollar, in essence, and make it worth less and worth less. And then you see what the other countries around the world are witnessing, and they say, hey, we don't want a part of this. On a certain side... Do you not kind of agree with the countries that want to stop using the dollar? Well, yeah, especially when we use a weapon. All right, so Russia is doing bad stuff in Ukraine. I get it. So what we do is we took their money. Any dollar-based assets, we just took them. Well, you know, that might be great policy until you realize that India saw that and wondered, when will America get mad at us? Maybe we need yeah. to transact business in another currency. So when you overuse your weapon of sanctions, of course other countries will want to look for an alternative. And the one historical alternative always true: gold and silver has been money from biblical times until today. We, we believe in sovereignty. We think other nations have their sovereignty. In fact, my interview with you was arranged by the Sovereignty Coalition, who's standing up against the World Health Organization with this overreach of making absolutely everything a health crisis, and in the next pandemic, plans to take complete control and equate humans and cockroaches and dirt. Michelle Bachman told me today that yeah. under the World Health Organization, they plan to take away our sovereignty. Of course, I, I support the sovereignty of other nations, and I support the sovereignty of the United States of America as well. I couldn't agree more with you. It's, it's funny to watch America's 
it's sad. It's ridiculous. I call it American Dark Ages, what we're living through right now. And what's really nauseating is to watch people cheer and demand their own demise. When you support the policies of continue the printing scheme, continue the extortion, but more importantly, continue the economic terrorism that we're really talking about, and that is sanctions on other countries. And you see that these countries, these sanctions have, in my opinion, never worked, ever. There's a convoluted way to circumvent, and all you're really doing is enriching the worst players on the world stage. Do you think the American people are aware that sanctions never work the way they're sold to the American people and only strengthen our enemies? When you described that, Sean, what I pictured was Independence Day when the people were standing on top of the buildings, waving their arms at these big alien spaceships overhead, welcoming and cheering them. And then down comes the huge laser beam that wipes yeah. them all out. No, they're not aware. They think that they're doing it for the children. The re- same reason people wore masks everywhere they went and lined up for 16 versions of the vaccine is because they think it's for the greater good and somehow they're more moral than the rest of us. Listen, just because you have a brain doesn't mean you're immoral. It's it, like the border issue. We're, we're letting people in across the border in compassion. Well, it's not compassionate to allow 100 people into a lifeboat that's built to sustain 20. It kills everybody. It's not compassion. We have a brain. We know better. And what we're doing here is to our detriment, to the world's detriment, but to the enrichment of the pigs, just like I put in my book, According to Plan. I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm curious to know. I feel I, I supported a lot of Donald Trump's policies. I really did. I didn't like Donald Trump because I'm from Chicago, and I remember when he stumped for Jesse Jackson, who is a scallywag scoundrel and the, church, the reverend for the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion. And at one time, he had hired Ed Burke, who's a notable Chicago mafia don, to help him with his building, and Rahm Emanuel. And I knew how he kind of commingled with the Democrats. However, he won me over with a lot of his policies up until covid And I'm wondering, do you think he's going to address the fact that he should not have tried to imitate the velocity of money through shutting down the economy and then pumping out these phony loans that in Chicago, in New York, and New Jersey, the Democrat mafia really stole? I understand the intention, but don't you think he should address it? Or do you think he's going to just avoid it? What do you think he's going to, how he's going to, how he's going to, is he going to handle what I think is a failure of his, of his policies? Should he address it? Absolutely, yes. Um, will he address it? I don't know. Politically, you make the calculation and you say, well, as long as I'm not Joe Biden, uh, I can be identical to him on vaccine policy and masks and things like that, and, and I'll win people over on the other. I, I want politicians who are honest. And yeah. and I'm not saying that President Trump is not honest. I'm not uh, accusing him of that. He, he's a business guy. He's a hard charging guy. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of positives, and I loved his policies absolutely. But yeah. I did not like his COVID policies. I agree with you. You you can't you can't shut down the economy and then create five trillion dollars and hand it out to people. Uh, without stoking the fires of inflation. And then Biden just took over and, and just ramped it even further. It's, it's a very scary time that we're in. Federal government should not be handing out money that is belongs to our kids, our grandkids, and our great-grandkids. One of the main successes he had, in my opinion, was by far the foreign policy, but also very, very conscientious, very smart regulatory domestic policy before COVID. Um, I think that can only be done by somebody who understands how to run something to succeed. This is the part I liked about him. 
I also really like this about, from what I know anyway, this far, of Vivek Ramaswamy. I like his history. I like that he's not from the Leviathan. I live in Florida because of Ron DeSantis, because of the policies of freedom. I'm excited about the idea that that can happen to the country. I'm also aware he doesn't have that private sector attribute in his resume. Who do you like, aside from Trump? If you took Trump out of the picture, who do you like? Well, I've met Governor DeSantis. I've met Vivek uh, also, and he was a part of our Back to Neutral coalition. He took on this ESG fight early on. He created... Uh, he, he created Strive, which is a is a great solution to the woke investments. Uh, Governor DeSantis is doing a tremendous thing. He's not afraid to take on Disney and and stand up for family values. A lot of sensible things. I, I think it's a great field um, outside of the president. And I think that you know the president is is likely going to be the candidate. That's what it looks like. If you can survive the stuff that he has gone through and still be standing with the majority of the Republican voters, it seems very likely that he, he's the candidate. But, you know, I, I think any of them would be better than, than President Biden. And, and the two that you named, I, I think, are both very strong. Yeah, I think a Boston Terrier would be better than President Biden. Uh, I, I, and, and this is something that's kind of almost the silver lining of this kind of calamity we're living through American Dark Ages. Joe Biden has 60% of Democrats that are turning against him. Ultimately, that's where we should see our optimism, is that we do rebuild. We will not accept this kind of failure on a grand scheme. You see them destroy cities like the one I'm from, Chicago and New York and New Jersey and anywhere they touch. But do you think ultimately the silver lining is we will get that Reaganomic, yuppie economy out of this calamity after Joe Biden is removed from office one way or another? Well, we should have had it following COVID, the crackdown. I mean, the 20s were a phenomenal opportunity uh, of, of economic growth. Granted, it got overheated in some ways, and there were some other issues, but that's not the point. We, coming out of COVID, we should have had a roaring economy. It's been miserable and terrible. Uh, the silver lining, though, the thing that scares me is the two things I mentioned. The World Health Organization has a global health policy. They can make anything a health crisis. And once they declare it a health crisis, they have control over every single policy associated with that health crisis. So drinking alcohol, it's a health crisis. Uh, low test scores, it's a health crisis. Uh, you, you, they can name anything. They can take control. They can mandate vaccines and so forth. If they get these rules that they're talking about now voted on a year from now and do not take it as a treaty through the Senate, which is the, it's not intended to be going as a treaty through the Senate, even though it's clearly a treaty, they will have a coup on America. And then you couple that with central bank digital currency. So we could have all sorts of political optimism, but before the election takes place, they could have taken complete control in a coup. Uh, and so we've got to prepare right now and battle these issues. That's why the so SovereigntyCoalition.org is so important. That's why what we're doing in Texas, uh, TransactionalGold.com is so important. We've got to make those things push back so that we maintain our liberty and independence. Kevin Freeman, if we do it, it'll be because of people like you putting up the fight, educating, dissecting, and correcting the failed policies we've grown accustomed to. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the, my show, but I also enjoy the fact that you are the host of the Economic War Room with Kevin Freeman. Thank you so much for making yourself available. I look forward to the next time. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. 
This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Boy, what year is this? I remember this. What year is this? Really? It was a little too funky for me. This isn't my speed, but all right. You're a young man, squirrel. Enjoy it. In the meantime, I'll tell you somebody who isn't young. Joy Ochata. You see, she's she's just an Italian Marxist from the Bronx. She's not anybody of any sophistication. Yet she pretends they have all the answers. Joy Behar. She could soften produce by simply walking past it. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Now, I can't explain why you're stupid, but you are. Um, But what I do understand is exactly what you're doing. You know, there's a... Russian, he's British and Russian, and he's written a couple of books, and he does a podcast. His name is Konstantin Kissin, and he has some very interesting stuff that he does during his podcast. I want you to hear this. They did an experiment with a group of women, yeah. and they put scars on their faces, and yeah. they told these women that they're going into a job interview, and the purpose of the experiment is to find out whether people with facial disfigurements face discrimination. Uh, they showed them the scars in the mirror. The women saw themselves with these scars. And as they led them out of the room, they said, we're just going to touch it up a little bit. And as they touched it up, they removed the scarring completely. So the women went into the job interview thinking that they are scarred, but actually being their normal selves. And the result of the experiment is that those women then came back reporting massively increased level of discrimination. Indeed, they, many of them came back with comments that the interviewer had made that they felt were referencing their facial disfigurement. And this is why I think this ideology of victimhood is so dangerous, because if you preach to people constantly that we're all oppressed, then that primes people to look for that. That's how the Democrats have supporters that are not necessarily in the mafia. They've been successful in doing this. It's always started in the schools. The balkanization of our society, rather than realizing the quality of life just two and a half years ago. Economic success, but more importantly, jobs. And now you look at today and you look at the ghettos the Democrats build and how they keep them in place. I got this clip from the morning show, so I always want to give credit. It is Evanston Township High School. It is the reason you need to get your kids out of all public schools. Because this class spent a year and a half doing doing school in a global pandemic. This class had to figure out what they were doing with their futures uh, in the midst of an impending recession. This class had to endure racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and xenophobia and attempts at native identity erasure while turning in homework. This class had to work jobs, they had to care for family members, and they had to turn in school projects. Some of these students, some of these students buried their parents or endured their incarceration. Now, I want you to think back to how you were raised, probably by somebody who suffered through the Depression. Not somebody who had the Internet, tiki-taki, Facebook asshat. Not somebody who had the answers to all of the questions at their fingertips. 
But this is how you build victimization. This is how you build support for tolerating the fact that the real atrocity these kids had to suffer was a whore, moron, Marxist fraud, pretending to be a principal or a teacher, somebody in the union in Evanston talking to how bad it is in America 2023. You're not a pimple on the ass of suffrage, these spoiled, entitled, ignorant Democrats in Evanston. Some of these students never got the special education services that were due to them. And yet how many captains of industry quit grade school during the depression to start businesses? How many Jewish people who suffered the Holocaust came to this country at 85 fracking pounds without a dollar or a welfare check? How many? But you people have it hard in Evanston. Most dangerous thing you suffer is some third ex-stripper wife running you over in a G-Wagon like Winnetka. They made it here. Student- I mean, of course, for the Section 8 housing, which is kind of another problem Evanston has. With chronic illnesses, weren't accommodated properly, and yet they made it here. Students were constantly missed. Let's talk about the success of Obamacare. What has it done, aside from fail and massively drive up every cost? And the quality of health care down to the turlet, like the Section 8 housing anywhere, including Evanston. It eliminated 50% of hospitals, 50% of health care providers. And now you're turned over to these idiots at the SEIU to change your diapy. Cream Puff Jim. Oh, yeah. Hi, Sean. I'm just thinking, uh, if we get an election in the square, if we can't get an election in the square, and the Democrats figure out how to cheat in every election, I'm looking at about, I'd say, 14 years of Democratic rule. Yeah. I'm, I'm estimating that because uh, the the map looks like the Democrats can't lose. So that's about 14 years. So what did Roosevelt have? About 16 or 14 years before he died. In yeah, you'll never see the out. You'll never come out of this tunnel, kid, of the American Dark Ages. I mean, I know you. You got to be what about 63? Tipping the scales at 320 on 14 different medications. Ooh, 73. 73. And I, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm about uh, three uh, hors d'oeuvres away from uh, an explosion. Well, I'll tell you what, unless you run for Senate, you ain't going to make it to 90 like the rest of these scallywags. <laughs> However, what I think is crucially important is you understand this only lives in the Democrat sewer neighborhoods. Honestly, the Democrat states and cities, the rest of the country is going to be okay. That's why I'm voting for secession. You think I want to well, pretend that we're going to come look, out of this? Look, Forget about but it. the map looks it looks like a succession job, doesn't it? Yeah, we got to do it, baby. But, but Sean, you got to remember, you know what Lincoln blamed? The, the second biggest reason for the Civil War was Chicago. He said the Republicans in Chicago were so vehement against the Democrats down south yeah. that they antagonized the war. They brought the war in. He swore by that. Yeah, well, I tell you what. I mean, I remember when he was talking, uh, you know, before he was pretending that the war was about slavery and he wanted to send black people back to Africa. It was really about economic taxes, currency, and extortion, kind of like now. So I think you're on to no, something. You're right. You're, you're, yeah. you're, no, but you're, you're right. There's a smell in the air. There's definitely some smell in the air of it. Well, you're in but, Chicago, uh, brother. you got to remember these Democrats yeah. stink, boy. They stink to high heaven. Just go to O'Hare. It smells like an armpit or pantyhose. Thank you very much, Green Puff Jim. I appreciate the call there. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Anytime, babe. Thanks for every, making it. 
Yeah, well, everything you've been talking about today and your guests and the whole works is what I got to say. Here, the government and Biden and that the job of that president is supposed to be to take and uh, take care of this country and protect it and everything. Okay, so he's not doing that, but here's the things he's doing. Wrecking our medical system, attacking and imprisoning the uh, conservatives. In, Hold uh, on, I think your dog smells a Democrat. Wait a minute. Let's see if he gets them. All right, go ahead. Oh, yeah? yeah. Go ahead. Hey, cutting off the U.S. from, from the oil, promoting the invasion of the U.S., crashing the economy of the U.S., depleting the military of munitions to defend the U.S. The one thing he's supposed to be doing he doesn't do, and a half a dozen things that he shouldn't be doing, he's doing them all. You talk about it all the time. If that ain't enough to impeach this uh, dirtbag, what in the world? Everything to destroy our, our, uh, our country. And everything to enrich the enemies. Everything to enrich specifically one country who was dumb enough to bribe the crack-smoking son and use him as a liaison, but smart enough to bribe senators and congressmen. This is the real problem. You don't have representatives. These aren't just politicians who are wrong. These are traitors. And the vast majority are Democrats, except for Mitch McConnell, who is kind of the leader in the Republican Senate. Thank you very much. It's a duopoly of corruption. It's a rigged game. And we need to start over. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, there's my guy. Now you're talking, baby. He's trying to get me in the mood. Don't make me think of that M.K. Pritzker. That'll take you out of the mood. Not even Teddy could polish that. In the meantime, when I think about this Ukrainian fraud, Seymour Hersh's article, not only accusing, but with evidence, aside from the fact that the Rolls-Royce Bentley Porsche dealership is the only business thriving in Ukraine, Kiev, $400 million. I don't hear Kevin McCarthy talk about any of this with the debt ceiling. They're going to continue this war profiteering. And is it more equivalent to Vietnam, where we sided with a socialist to beat a Marxist, or uh, George Bush in Iraq? Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia, and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq. Anyway. uh, (laughs) 75. Uh, It was at this moment that he knew. He Oh, you did. (laughs) Oh, boy. Another John Fetterman clip. Let's go to... My favorite monster of all time. Politicians in Washington are often loath to reveal their actual positions on matters of public policy. John Fetterman and his campaign staff are no exception. Luke Borwigan sheds light on the matter, discussing the views on firearms that his boss has and his boss owns, while also revealing John Fetterman's true intention to ban the Second Amendment. This raises concern. I like James O'Keefe. I really like the fact that he was kicked out of Project Veritas, and now he has OMG News. He's doing a fantastic job. It's about the future of the United States of America, including what other constitutional amendments 
that the Congress critters want banned. Luke Borwigan, special assistant to John Fetterman, says that they would be okay with, quote, like probably overturning the Second Amendment. It's 100% for gun control. Like the red flag laws? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Automatic rifles, like, all that. I love that. He, he owns like, a lot of guns. Does he own the guns that he's trying to ban? No. <laughs> Not like automatic. Like shotgun. Like I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly will he try to ban? Yeah. Assault weapons, like assault weapons ban. Like he probably he'd be okay with like overturning the Second Amendment, probably. Like I think he'd much rather prefer like nobody have guns at all. So so he would be. You know what I like about this? It gives you a a, a look into the intellect of the people who work for that dimwit. He might not be the dumbest one in that office. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Wonderful. Yeah, listen, I have a question for you. My wife, Mrs. Robert, was listening to Charlie Kirk. And yeah. what's the story? Is I didn't hear about Target's caving into the transgender industry and transgender clothing. What's that all about? Did you hear anything about that? They're buying a Chinese product for $0.04 cents and selling it for $30. They don't really give a rip what's on it. They'll put whatever they have to to sell it. That's the problem. But, yeah, of course, it's not caving. They started out from that point. The real. I get a lot of hate about calling myself a girl and not a woman. And because, you know, that term, they, they think I'm infantilizing myself or that, you know. That's a man, baby. That's Mulvaney, who still insists he's either a girl or a woman. These are the people we're trying to reason with. I'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth down their throat again. Night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.